Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. It's December. I've had all year to think about which poems would come this month during the season of Advent, during the winter, and I've put many off to this time. And now that the time has come, I find myself choosing some strange and unexpected poems that are booting out the ones that I had planned all year. And this is one of those today. I maybe will be able to help it connect to Advent for you the way that it does for me, but it does feel kind of strange. I almost feel like this poem asked to be the one that I read today, and you don't say no to poems when they talk to you. (laughs) It's a poem by George Herbert. He lived during the time of Milton and Shakespeare, John Donne. Wow, what a time for the English language. He was a priest in the Church of England who wrote, um, devotional poetry. Sometimes devotional can be used as a pejorative term, partly because maybe poetry would be written off if it was too religious and didn't have enough artistic value to back it up. Or sometimes devotional poetry can be so personal and private that it seems like something that is best kept um, to oneself. And Herbert actually had those concerns. The legend goes that he sent these to a friend and said after his death they should be burned if they wouldn't be worth anybody else reading and only published if they would maybe give some benefit to some other soul. So this is devotional poetry. I've read quite a bit of his and this is one that stays living in my mind. It's a story. I've been really liking poems that are stories lately. So how about I read this? And then we can talk some more. This poem is a dialogue between the speaker and love personified, capital L, love. And the poem is called Love Part Three by George Herbert. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, ye shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Okay, so even if this isn't downright Christmassy, Perhaps it's not too much of a stretch 
to think of this as an Advent poem, right? We have love personified. We have talk about who has borne the blame for human sin and guilt. If you've been in church a lot of your life, that probably sounds like it could lead to Christmas. But honestly, it was the word meat that linked this poem to Advent for me because I was thinking about incarnation. I hear the word carne in there. About word becoming flesh, about God becoming human. So that's where my mind went with this. I love this little drama. There is in general a good deal of spiritual conflict in Herbert's poems, rather like John Donne. They were devoted to their faith and their God, and yet in their poetry, there's often a little bit of a back and forth, tussle and struggle. And I love that this one actually puts two different characters for the two sides of this dialogue, this argument back and forth. And love seems really feminine. I mean, especially we're talking about the 15 and 1600s here with the sweet questioning and the gentle touch and the smile. But it then the speaker addresses love as Lord. And in the end, I love the last few lines. You really get the feeling like as sweet and feminine as this love might be, she is going, or he is going, to win this argument. I even picture love putting her hand on the shoulder of this person and gripping hard and kind of pressing him down into the chair in the end. Sit down and take a bite. And I love that kind of uh, just little flicker of power and strength there. Because I do think the word love has gotten so fluffy. And we maybe think of a pink heart-shaped sticker on a card or, you know, a Disney princess and prince or something like that. But this love has some teeth. This love is not going to let anything, neither sin nor guilt nor argument nor hesitation, stop her from becoming close to this soul that she has decided she's going to commune with. And to some extent, the hesitance of the narrator is justified. If we're coming face to face with love or with the Lord, to some extent, that shame and guilt needs to be there for good reason. But for some reason, I kept seeing this as being almost somebody's battle with their own ego. And I don't know if I'm reading some sort of modernness into it or myself, but there are times when we should be eating and drinking and feasting and putting our eyes on something other than ourselves, but we get stuck in that mode of just staring at our own dust and sin and blame and shame and deserve like this speaker here does. I mean, he's in the presence with love itself. Why is he thinking about himself? Why is he talking about himself? I think we've all experienced at some point in life that state of flow, as it's called, where you're engaged so deeply in some sort of activity that time starts moving differently, maybe painting or driving, gardening, um, writing. And I think part of why that state feels so good, like a massage to our souls and minds as humans is because it is a relief to be free of our ego for a little bit of time. And this, it just seems like this person's ego is standing in the way of him being able to experience communion with love. 
And I think this is true with people's interaction with each other. There is going to be some sort of shame involved in coming close and sitting down and eating with other people. If we were alone, our guilt might not seem as guilty. We might have less to be afraid of that might go wrong or less that might be humiliating. And so I see this as a little skit, a little drama in which there's that conflict between a willingness to be known and a desire to run away and get out of this intense, intimate encounter somehow. I wonder how this would change if I read um, Love's voice as a real strong masculine voice and maybe the speaker as a lady. I don't know. I don't think I have the nerve to try that right now. But this is, as I pointed out before, a forceful, indomitable love that will not be outmaneuvered. So I'll read this one more time and maybe eventually I'll find out why this poem of meat and ego and shame was the one that I really wanted to open the Advent season with. Maybe it's because you needed to hear this. Who knows? Maybe it's because I needed to hear it and read it out loud a few times and think about how this Advent season would be different if my eyes were off of my own dust and on the feast before me. Love 3 by George Herbert Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, ye shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.